The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Alleys are closed and he turned it over. And now Drysettle and McDavid shorthanded the other way. Drysettle hits McDavid. It's a breakaway. He's pulled off the puck. This should be a penalty shot. And there we go. Connor McDavid, a penalty shot. One-on-one against Matt Murray. Left to right to tie the game. at center ice. Attacking in over the blue line. Takes it out wide. Now cuts to the hash marks. Waves, shoots, save. Made by Matt Murray Matt Murray, excellent tonight for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's a denial of a Connor McDavid penalty shot late in the second period, and he leads the Penguins to a 3-1 victory over the Edmonton Oilers. That's your save of the game for Jiffy Lube. Get winter ready at jiffylubeservice.ca. It is 8.59 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. So, another loss for the Oilers. They have just one win in their last nine. They have only six wins in their last 23 games. They remain six points out of a playoff spot. Playoff hopes really fading here as they drop three points below, uh, three games below 500 on the season. The Penguins, meanwhile, go to 30 20 and 7. Big game for them as they're trying to hold off a couple of teams in the wildcard chase. And their goaltender, big, their last couple of games. Uh, Murray made 50 saves. On Monday, he makes 38 more. Tonight, Robbie stopped 88 of his last 90 shots. And the the difference in the game tonight, he was the best player on the ice. Made big save after big save, and none bigger than the one we just heard on the penalty shot. Connor McDavid scores on the penalty shot. It's 2-2 going into the third period, and the Oilers have momentum on their side. Instead, it's a huge save. And now the Oilers sag a little bit, and the Penguins feel good about themselves. And the one thing that they reiterated over and over again is the... Pittsburgh Penguins, 24-0-1, going into the third period with a lead. Well, they they improved on that. They've yet to lose one uh, in regulation with a lead, and they played a very professional third period. This is a team that's won a couple Stanley Cups. they got guys that know how to get it done. They don't hope for a win in the third period. They do the right things, and if you want to look for a perfect example, the last shift, uh, Sidney Crosby behind the net. He wasted 35-40 seconds by just holding the puck below the goal line. Didn't have any thought of scoring a goal, but he just tired Connor McDavid out and kept him out of his own, out of the offensive end for 35, 40 seconds. That's how you win hockey games, little things like that. So 3-1, the Penguins take it. The only goal tonight for the Oilers scored by Leon Dreisaitl. That was early in the first period. Oilers had a pretty good first period, outshot Pittsburgh 11-8. Some chances both ways, but I I thought a pretty good period for the Oilers. And then some lapses by Edmonton lead to the two Penguins goals. They score shorthanded, first of all, two and a half minutes into the second period. And and Rob, you said it right when it in. That's a two on five that turns into a goal. Well, really, we got to put Koskinen there. I mean, a two on six. six. No Oilers did their job there. No, no, they didn't. They got um, caught looking, caught being lazy. Uh, most times when you're on the power play, you don't think the defensive team or the penalty killers are going to try to create something. Uh, you saw, I believe it was seven. Who's, who was it that got the assist on that one? Um, 
Cullen. Oh, Cullen. Cullen yeah. makes, he, he makes a little fake that he's going to go just throw the puck wide, and then everyone backed off him, and he turns back offensively because no one challenged him. It's real simple, and, and you, you're taught this when you're on a power play. When you're in your own zone and the other team has the puck, first guy goes right at the guy with the puck. Just immediately go at him, attack him. And the second guy come to pick up the puck. And any other forward that's in the offensive zone, you go and pick up that player. And the others did none of those things. He let Cullen was able to carry the puck across. He made one play. They had a scoring chance, first of all. That didn't go in. Then Cullen picked the puck up. He won the race to the puck. He does a little dipsy doodle, goes behind the net. Now, when the puck went behind the net, both Nurse and McDavid watched. They just watched the puck go, watched go to the Pittsburgh Penguin player behind the net. They didn't go at him. They don't go at him. And instead, Rusty pulls it out in front. Now, now this one's on Koskinen. So there shouldn't have been a scoring chance. There shouldn't have been a shot on net. But Rust brings it out in front, and a little backhand with his feet below the goal line beats Koskinen. When you're a team that struggles to score goals, and you're a team that has been losing a fair share of one-goal games, you can't be the goalie that breaks. And tonight, as well as Koskinen played the rest of the game, he was the one that broke. He let a bad goal in. Yeah, I, I thought Koskinen had, had a pretty solid game. I mean, there wound up being a lot of shots in the end, 39-34 in favor of the Oilers, 38 saves for Murray, 32 for Koskinen, and, and we've seen those ones get through him from funny angles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, obviously, the one in Montreal that, that tied it in the third period. Um, you know, really a couple against Detroit where they looked like they were going into his body and they wound up into the net. So uh, There's I mean, one, too, that was disallowed. Oh, the one against L.A. Yeah, it was disallowed. That was during it, their, their home ice winning streak. Yeah, yeah, and it went in the side, too. And it's weird. He, he's six foot seven. You wouldn't think that when you lean up a goal against the goalpost, there would be any room. Yet, we've seen a lot. And the thing that you'll see around the National Hockey League, all coaches have video guys. All video guys are trying to find tendencies on players, whether where they shoot, where you can beat them defensively, or goaltenders, where they have a weakness. And you're going to see players more and more often shoot from weird angles because weird angle goals have beat Koskinen. So as good as a game he played, other than that, the goalie in the other end didn't have, didn't blink once. He never made a mistake, and that cost the Oilers. Yeah, fine line between winning and losing. I mean, we've seen the Oilers usually on home ice get get blown away in a lot of games or have segments of games where they'll get outscored by two or three goals. You know, tonight they're they're hanging around, but just key moments, a few key plays, and then the, the eventual winning goal by Bluger, six ten into the second period. And that's and you know what, Drysital I thought might have been the best player on the ice in the first period. Um, and he and McDavid, and I mean, this is maybe it's part of the evolution of younger players. And we saw Nuge go through it to work on his defensive game, and now there aren't a lot of mistakes in the defensive zone from from Nuge. Uh, but McDavid and Drysaitel both had an opportunity to negate Bluger on that play. Instead, he's wide open for the rebound. Well, yeah, that's one that shouldn't happen. Um, Bluger was on the boards; he had McDavid on him. Like McDavid, actually, they he had his stick in Bluger, and Bluger just. What he's supposed to do, drives the net. McDavid took two strides with him and then just stopped skating and was looks, just watched him. And then he skated by Drysaddle, who just watched him. And you made a good point that when Bluger shot the puck, both McDavid and Drysaddle were standing up straight-legged. There was no initiative to go to the net. And now uh, a pessimist would say they were waiting for the rebound so they could bounce and go out the other way and get a, an odd man break. But... You have to look after your own end first. We, we've, we talked about before the game where the Oilers need to win games 2-1. Mm-hmm. They, they can't afford in a 2-1 game to make big mistakes. And the Oilers did not give up a whole lot of chances. But both 
goals that the Penguins scored, the two goals before the empty netter, were Euler mistakes. Euler easily correctable mistakes. And those are the ones that are killing you. And, and those are the one, one of the big reasons those type of mistakes have the Oilers on the outside looking in in a playoff race. So I wonder what you think has to... And look, I know we got calls the other night, and I'm, I'm sure we will tonight. But I mean, it's unlikely that for a defensive lapse, Hitchcock or any coach is going to bench McDavid or Dreisaitl, no. at least for an extended period of time, especially on this roster where you don't have a lot of depth. So does this come down to video? Does this come down to uh, players mentoring them? And look, that is, that's been the knock on every high draft pick with an mm-hmm. offensive pedigree, whether it's Ove- even Crosby earlier in his career, you got to get better defensively, you got to get better on face-offs. And you know, McClellan used to talk about it, Nugent Hopkins used to talk about it, where he was really trying to be a better defensive player, sometimes at the cost of offense. Well, this year, you know, Nugent Hopkins has it going both at both ends. He's reliable defensively. He's probably going to finish the season just under a point a game offensively. Who has to give McDavid a dry settle a nudge in that direction to round out that part of their game? Well, first of all, they know. I mean, no one has to tell them. They both know that they messed up on that one. Just like Drysaddle knew last game that he got caught watching the puck and didn't see Kane come behind him on the, the goal that San Jose scored. Uh, that's one where mostly you have an assistant coach go up and talk to them. You bring them in, show them video, and you don't tell them what they did wrong. You ask, what could you have done different? Okay, what could we have done differently on this? And you do it in a in a conversational type voice. You don't do it... Uh, you don't browbeat them. You don't yell. I mean, they are your two best players. And 99% of the time, the decisions they make are good ones. But all players make mistakes. Um, and there's no doubt that they know that they made a mistake on that goal and they've got to correct it. And I, you, you have the conversation with them and say, hey, we're not good enough as a team to overcome big mistakes. Whether their mistake is by a Lucic, a Clefbaum, a Benning, whoever. And that includes you guys. We need you guys to lead by example. So those that was a glaring mistake. There's a lot of time there's other big mistakes in games that don't result in a goal that we don't talk about as much. Right. This one, obviously, in a one-goal game we talk about. 3-1, the Penguins beat the Oilers tonight. And the, the one goal, as I said earlier, Dreisaitl with McDavid and Clefbaum getting the assists. So uh, the other line combinations didn't generate a lot of scoring chances for the Oilers tonight. Actually, the fourth line of uh, Cave Reader and Raddy in, in limited ice time actually had some good sessions of forechecking. Raddy got the puck uh, in mm-hmm. the crease for a bit of a jam play on that other one. Um, but again, you know, Nugent Hopkins playing with uh, wingers that don't generate a lot. Pooley started on that second line, got bumped down to the third pretty early in the game. Well, that's the problem when you have... Uh three players that produce offensively. When uh, two of them are together, the, the other guy's on an island by himself. We saw dry settle for a while this year, uh, not be able to create because the players that he's playing with aren't at the same level. And people may say, you know what, if you're a true superstar, you can make players better. Well, you can only make them better. You can't make them good. And they're, the bar is quite low. And the, the Oilers' biggest problem right now is is their scoring depth. They've got nobody that can play on the second line that can give them any pop. None. And we've seen Nugent Hopkins, not only, he's having to be the, especially when he's with Pugliarvi, he's doing everything in defensive end because there's lapses, so he's covering up defensively. Then he's got to go all the way to the other end because he's got to create because the players that he's playing with can't create anything. So now he's got to create for them. 
and uh, it, it's just not working. The Oilers need someone to step up, and unfortunately for the Oilers, 57, 58 games into it, nobody has. 3-1, the Penguins win. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Daniel texting in. He says, hey, Rob, I've been a fan of the Penguins ever since you played for them. Oh, he must oh, be that's... pretty old. <laughs> uh, he says, I'm a big Penguins fan. I'm wondering what you thought of them tonight. I don't feel overly optimistic about them being as good as they were in their cup years. They gave up 50 shots, shouldn't have won the other day, and I thought Edmonton had good zone control a lot tonight. Oh, good question. I think that what you're seeing is a team, the Penguins, that are lacking depth on the back end, and part of it is they're missing Schultz and Mata, both out of the lineup right now. Both will be in your top four, so all of a sudden you put them in the top four, and we've seen when Clefbaum and Russell were out. It's hard to... Uh, have extended minutes on, on defensive players. So the, the Penguins will get much better when they get those two back and missing Malkin. Again, it was tonight, it was one line versus one line. The, the Penguins, and they got another superstar in Kessel who you didn't really notice tonight because he was playing without anybody. When he's with Malkin, he's exceptional. Tonight, you didn't notice him because he can't drive a line. He needs someone to help him out. So I don't think the Penguins are as strong as they've been in the past. I would imagine Rutherford will do something at the deadline. The thing that they have, though, is they have Crosby, mm-hmm. who we say, well, the Oilers got McDavid, well, the Oilers got Crosby, and they got Murray. And that's the thing, and I know, you know, maybe Murray's numbers coming into this game weren't as good as the Smiths, who's had to carry the load a little bit because mm-hmm. of injuries, but still, when you're a goalie who's done it before... One, right, two, one, two Stanley right, Cups, then, yeah. Then you wonder, okay, when spring comes around, uh, he knows what's happening. So, yeah, I mean, the Penguins are... You know, fair point by Daniel texting it. Is this as strong as Penguins roster as some of their cup years or other years where they challenged? Probably not, but it's a tough team to, well, to count out. The, here's what's going to happen. Somebody is going to win a division and end up probably could be playing. Tampa, Pittsburgh in the first yeah, round. Yeah, and could be playing the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round. Now, how is that as an unfair uh, seeding when all of a sudden you're playing a team that's won two Stanley Cups that when they get healthy can throw a pretty good lineup at you? So, yeah, I'd, I mean, the Islanders, it could be the Islanders too. The Islanders win, the, win their division, now they got to play the Penguins. And that's, that won't bode well. So the Penguins are not dead yet. they still got some, some, some talent left with that team that can win a playoff series or two, and they've got the ability, because they've done it before, to go a long way. So the texter said he cheered for the Penguins when you played for them. He didn't say if he cheered for the Penguins because you played for them. <laughs> well, outside of my family, I'm not sure anybody <laughs> cheered for them because I played for them. It's 9-12. We'll get to the phone lines in a second. The Penguins have beaten the Oilers 3-1. Back to Pittsburgh. Here's Hitch. Frustrating is it to play an A game pretty much for most of the game today to not lose. Yeah, this is uh, the first time since I've been here that we've played an A game and not got points. We, we've gotten points before, and we did an awful lot of things really well tonight. We All the things, uh, the, the stuff about playing for each other on the five-man shift, we did exactly that. Our neutral zone play was excellent. Just four minutes. Yeah, well, I, I, I think also... Uh, we didn't. We weren't ready for our power play. We we thought we had more time than we thought on on all the power plays, and we were a little bit slow. That's probably the one element that was a little bit disappointing tonight. But I mean, it's hard to fault. There wasn't one guy that didn't give you everything he had, and there wasn't. It didn't lack for scoring chances. It was us and the goalie about seven or eight times, including a penalty shot. Connor um, says you just weren't too aware on the on the shorty. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, we 
they surprised us. We didn't see that on the tape, and they jumped it. And uh, uh, usually that's not how they play it, but they did this time, and and uh, and scored because of it. Connor might have said he might he might have been one of the ones that fall to them on the two-one goal. Yeah, it was a given go down low, and I think they were tired from the shift, and I, I think that's a little bit on me too because uh, I brought him back after a stoppage, and I'm not sure how what their energy was like. You know, we were trying to get we were trying to get a good matchup. We got the matchup we wanted, but uh, but the puck ended up in our zone, and they, they all, all three guys looked a little bit tired, to be honest with you. And the penalty shot, I mean, that was really good well, well, it was a great pass, yeah. great yeah. pass, and. What are you gonna do? Like it's, you know, we're looking for. It starts with effort, and that's what we talked about. It starts with effort and and cohesiveness, and that's exactly what we did today. Everything that we asked them to do, they did. So, hats off to them. And now we've taken a step. We didn't get points, but we took a big step, and we got to continue to take steps. We can't, we can't stop now that we've we've played one good game. We got to follow this up with continual good games if we expect to stay in this race. It looks like nobody wants the eight spot, so somebody's going to get it. We just got to keep playing well so we get a chance to even go for it here. All right, that's Ken Hitchcock speaking after the Edmonton Oilers lose 3-1 to the Pittsburgh Penguins to start their three-game road trip. They're at Carolina on Friday at the New York Islanders on Saturday. Of course, we have both games for you here on 6.30, Chet. So he talked about the uh, the second goal against that we talked about, uh, you know, Hitch saying they had a tired line out there so he's you know I think that's a factor but he's probably trying to deflect for his players a little bit too from the other side of the the puck Rob you like really like the play Latang made to set up the chance for Bluger well it was a smart play uh, they got the puck down low and and we, we talk about it a lot you and I if you don't have a direct pass put it on net because when you put it on net there's a rebound when you are in a bad angle I love those ones putting on net because nobody knows where the puck's going to come. When a goaltender is facing a shot, everyone says square up. Square up to the shooter. That way you can swallow the puck coming in. But when the puck's coming from the side, as it was, it was more or less below the goal line, the goalie can't turn his whole body and face him. So he's kind of facing him with his side. Now he can't swallow a puck. So any puck that comes on net from there is going to bounce out. And the defenders don't know where it's going. The goalie doesn't know where it's going. And now all of a sudden you just have a free-for-all in front of the net. And you hope that the bounce, the puck bounces your way. And that's what it did. So a smart play by Latang. He had no one to pass it to. Throw it on net. Create a scoring chance. And fortunately for the Oilers, or excuse me, fortunately for the Penguins, the scoring chance was put away. All right, 3-1. The Penguins win it. 780-496-0063 is the open line number. We have Robert standing by. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. Well, I mean, I think I think tonight overall, I think I think the Oilers played well. Now that being said, I think at this point, now that them being three games under 500, I think they're going to have an awfully tough time in the final 26 games to uh, make the playoffs because, like you guys had talked about earlier, that the uh, the the, uh, the St. Louis Blues were were uh, getting healthier and getting stronger, and they've they've shown that and they've won what is six or seven in a row now, so I think St. Louis is probably all but all but guaranteed one of the spots at this point. So, I mean, I think I think the Oilers are going to have to go on uh, uh, quite a run here if they, they expect to make the playoffs. I, I agree. I, and, and Reed and I talked about it earlier. I think that there's six teams, seven teams, whatever's left, they're all chasing one spot. They're chasing the spot that the Minnesota Wild have. 
uh, the one thing that's fortunate for everyone else, not for Minnesota, Minnesota's banged up right now. They've mm-hmm. lost their captain for the year. Dumba is still out. He's been out for a long time. Even when he gets back, it's going to take him a bit to get back into you know, mid-season or, or late-season form. So they have had a hiccup. So teams are still in the race because of that. Uh, unfortunately for the Oilers, there are... Well, more or yeah, less every team. Almost, yeah. They're only ahead of two teams <laughs> yeah. right now in the West. And, and they're only two points ahead of those two teams. And Anaheim's winning tonight. They could tie the others. So uh, there's a lot of teams that are trying to get one shot, uh, one spot. It's going to come down to which team goes on a 9-2 a and two run. The others are capable of it. They've done it twice this year. But they're also capable of falling too many points behind here right away because this was a game in hand that they had on the Minnesota Wild, and they got two tough games coming up here on the weekend. Well, now we're for the Oilers, we're down to six wins in their last 23. I mean, that is a ton of points. Well, it is. Well, think of so that's six in the last 23, and we're asking the Oilers probably to win 17. You'd have to win 17 or 18 out of 26. 26. So, so you have to totally flip it around. Yeah, so that I mean, that's a big change. Are they capable? I don't know that you want to have belief, but again, and what I, I said to you last game, Reed, when is the last time an Oiler goalie stole a game? And it, I mean, it, it, I can't yeah, I remember. Mean, they've had good goaltending in some of their wins, but they haven't had an out-and-out theft. And tonight, Matt Murray, I don't know if he stole a game, but he, he I mean, pretty darn, pretty darn close. They were badly outshot, and then the other game against Philadelphia completely stole the game, had 50 saves in the game. They were doubled in shots. So that's what a goalie can do for a team. The Oilers need either Koskinen or Talbot to do that. One of these next two games, they're going to have to steal a game for them, get them two points. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. 3-1, the Penguins win. We have Joanne on line two. Hey, Joanne. Hi, good evening, guys. Um, now that we've got Koskinen uh, with that uh, contract, which I don't understand why it happened, does that mean that we have to kind of um, go with Koskinen and Talbot for quite a period of time? And the second thing I wanted to know is, does it hurt guys to be sat out? Because I think that there's several guys that could sit out for a little bit. Yeah, okay, we'll answer those. The goalie question, well, you're right. The whole timing was sort of odd. Hitch has said he's going to play whichever goalie he thinks gives them a better chance of winning. Rob, obviously, we don't see the TV intermissions, but I know I saw some tweets and a couple guys texted me that they were discussing uh, Talbot to Philly for Brian Elliott before the deadline to free up some cap space. Elliott's also a UFA in the summer. I mean, it's they're... They're committed to Koskinen, so uh, he's going to be the goalie. Again, short-term, Hitch says he's going to play with whichever goalie gives him a a better chance. In terms of sitting guys out. Yeah, it it certainly hurts your feelings. (laughs) It's awful. I've been there. Uh, You... You want to play. I mean, you you got into the game of hockey because you love the game and you want to play. You don't want to sit in the stands and watch. Um... It, it some guys it, it how you react to it will dictate what happens when you come out and eventually get back on the ice some guys pout some guys get mad come back hungrier some guys go up there and learn and see what they're doing wrong and come back better uh, i mean a great example is uh what's the kid's name tonight that played for the penguins he sat out since november oh, Ruedel. yeah Ruedel. He he's been a healthy scratch since november now that would hurt it's, I mean, I, I cannot even imagine. 
I mean, at some point, you'd want to go down to the minors just to play a hockey game. So uh, it is tough, but... uh, Everyone, well, not everyone. Most guys have gone through it at some point in their life, and you try to come out of it better and 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 learn from what you see up in the uh, the press box and bring it into your game. Davis texting six thirty six thirty, saying with the farm team so hot, why not call up some of those guys? Um, I, yes, but I, yeah, I mean it's a possibility. I mean the, you have to when to do that, you have to send players down. Um, I I don't know if they're going to fool around too much with the Condors. Well, I mean, if if they feel something down there can make them better up here, yes, they will. They're not going to, trust me, the NHL teams, when it comes to making the playoffs in the NHL, do not care what happens in the AHL. They don't. No, care. you're right. You're right. But and I think uh, Keith Gresky said it in an interview today. Like a guy like Tyler Benson. Like you're you're going to leave him down there for for the rest of the year. You're not going to unless you feel unless you feel that's something that you need up here. I mean, the Oilers they're, they're in desperate need of something that they can put somebody they can put the puck in the net. Desperate need. Sure. I mean, they they, they game after game after game they go where if the first line doesn't score they don't win. Right. Or for the first actually if their first line only scores two, they don't win. Having said that. You have to remember, as much as the the Condors are winning in the minors, they're playing against other minor league players. You, you the just because you beat the San Diego Gulls or whatever their team is called now doesn't mean you're an NHL ready player yet. Because the guys that you're better than, none of them are in the NHL as well. Having said that, it is a very good thing that your minor league team is having success. That bodes well for the future. Speaking of the Condors, they are trying to take their winning streak to 13 games, and they lead Stockton 2-1 early in the third period on the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Oil Kings lost 5-2 in Brandon today, and after the first period, Anaheim up 1-0 on Vancouver. That's your Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard, and your Oilers here on 630 Chad losing 3-1 to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Dry for Edmonton, Rust shorthanded, Bluger at even strength, and then McCann with exactly a minute left into an empty net. Marco on line three, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hey, Marco. Hey, how's it going, guys? Nice to hear from you. Go ahead. Thank you. You as well. Um, I just got a quick question for you. I noticed that Ryan Spooner isn't in the lineup tonight for Bakersfield. Do you think that there could be a move on the way? Oh, you know what? I had not caught that. I don't know because I don't know who's taken that that deal, the, his contract, Marco. Three point one at the NHL level, well, with another year left. Four, but the Rangers are covering nine hundred thousand with another year left. That's I don't. I'd I don't be know, shocked. I'd, I'd be I'd be surprised. But the, I didn't I didn't catch that he was out. I didn't see if there was any other information on it. Well, put it this way: if if something does happen, we'll credit you with breaking it. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you guys very much. <laughs> okay, no thanks. I'm uh, just quickly doing a check here. Is that his Twitter feed? No, I just searched. Well, that's his Twitter feed. Yeah, but, he's, uh, he's got a cute dog. <laughs> that's, that's, he does have a picture of his dog on his Twitter feed. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I, I can't see somebody picking up that contract. I mean, he's not good enough right now to play on a team that has got six wins in his last 26 games or whatever it is. He's playing in the minors, and that's, that's another year's contract. That, that eats up a lot of cap space for a player that, I mean, can't even, can't even be a healthy scratch he for must, the Edmonton Yeah, Oilers. he must be, I don't know if I've missed something, he must be banged up. 
Yeah, I, but that's going to be a tough guy to trade. Yeah, I, I mean, look, if the Oilers are, keeps sliding out of it, um, I mean, obviously Talbot. We, I mean, we've discussed that for a long time. He he could be moved. You're not. The thing is, you're not getting a huge. This isn't going to be an earth-shattering trade for the Oilers. Chason, I think, would have Cachet as a depth player on, on a team that might think they they but want again, to shore up their depth a little bit. Th- th- third rounder. Oh yeah, I'm not. Yeah, saying, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying anything yeah. the Oilers trade that are that, that are likely to trade because they've come out and said they're not going to trade uh, young players mm-hmm. or draft picks. I mean, now of course you can always change your mind, but yes, you're talking mid to late round draft picks for most players. And the problem, I mean, readers are UFA. Who's going to take Reader and zero goals, right? Probably nobody. I hey. mean, Chason might be the most desirable guy because a team might say, you know what, Alex Chason can play on our third or fourth line, can kill penalties, can play on the power play. Is yeah, can play, can fill in anywhere. Mm-hmm. Is a little bit of a safety nope. valve if something goes down. And he went. He won a Stanley Cup last year. So you add a, a, a veteran presence yes. to your room. Having no, he said didn't that, he play any games in the finals. We no, have to keep remembering that. But, but he was on the Capitals. He was around he, a lot of playoff games. But but the the thing is, if the Oilers are anywhere near during the play, during the trade deadline, and they move a chase on, I mean that's you are getting like now all of a sudden who's coming into your lineup? So that's a big drop off taking Chase on out of the lineup and throwing someone else in. It's a guy that plays on your first power play unit. It's a guy that's been on your well, and he'll be on your first line again real soon. Um, I, I know that Cassian played there today, but Chase on will be back up on your first line. If he's not, he'll be on a second line. So for the Oilers, that it hurts if he's not in the lineup from February. What is it? The 26th, 25th. When's the 25th? The deadline from the 25th on. If you don't have an Alex Chase on in your lineup, an already uh, soft, weak. Um, Winger position just gets a lot weaker. Three-one, the Penguins beat the Oilers tonight. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in the game, we uh, in a game we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village steak and seafood cooked right at your table, Edmonton South, downtown Northside, and Sherwood Park. Three-one, Penguins win. Well, it, the road just got a little bit tougher after this game for the Edmonton Oilers. They got a tough back-to-back this weekend. Carolina's playing Who do you good. put in net on Friday? You just Co- go I go with Koskinen. Koskinen. I go with Koskinen. He let the bad goal in, but he still played well enough to get, give himself another opportunity. He gave, the, he gave the team a chance to win. He did. Two goals against on the road in Pittsburgh. He made some big saves. He gave him a chance to win. The thing is, Koskinen's playing one of two anyways, and Talbot's playing one of two this weekend anyways. Right. I would assume on back-to-back nights. But uh, go go Koskinen again, and then give Talbot the the game on Saturday. That's my guess, anyways. I mean, I was shocked with some of the other decisions as of late. Talbot well, you're right; four they're going to be split anyway. Yeah, so, very, very likely. So I, I'd say give Koskinen the first game. All right. If you're on hold, we're going to get to you after the 9:30 news. We just got to update the uh, the news and the weather. Here's a hint: it's going to be cold. I'm tired of cold. <laughs> well, it's almost March, sort of. <laughs> March has got to be better, Could doesn't warm it? Up anytime. Yeah, well, today at one point there was people cheering because it was only minus 16. That's sad. Well, that's huge. That'd it is good. huge. That'd I know. Be, Pe- people took their jackets off, running around with bare feet. That'd be a good golf score. <laughs> what, six- you, you've never shot 16 under, have you? Uh, no. No, I have not. 3-1, the Penguins win it. 
We're back after the news. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. The Oilers get an early one from Leon Dreisaitl, but that is all they get. The Pittsburgh Penguins win at 3-1. Matt Murray with 38 saves after making 50 on Monday night against the Philadelphia Flyers. So the Oilers now 1-6-2 in their last nine. They dropped the 24-27-5 and five on the season. Thanks for joining us. It's 9.36 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime open line. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Fred is on the line. Hello, Fred. How's it going, boys? Yes, good, Fred. Nice to hear from you. Uh, I think the death march is on officially. Uh, let's get realistic. Six points out. Big opportunity tonight. They blew it. But the thing I want to bring up tonight is get Pulley Arvey down to Bakersfield. Let him play on the power play. Give him a bunch of minutes. Get him on a team that's winning constantly, it'll be, what, 13 in a row for the Condors tonight? I think he'd thrive down there. Don't you guys agree that he should be down there, not up here? Well, I've been saying that for two and a half years, so I'm not... <laughs> I mean, what, what, else, what else can I say, Fred? I, I agree. I don't know if he'll thrive as of yet. I think he's got a lot of things he needs to get better at, but I think he certainly needs to be down there to improve and find his confidence and to find his game. Because right now I think he's a shell of the player that he was, and I don't, I'm not, I don't know if it's uh, on him not being down there. Poor management of him. I think a lot of it is on him. I think he's got to learn the game. I think the biggest thing for him is how he sees the game. I don't think he sees it quick enough at the National Hockey League level, and I think that he's going to have to learn it at the minor league level first, and then once he learns it there, then move on back up and try it again. Yeah, it's disheartening, you know. I just be what twelve to thirteen years no playoffs. I don't know. I'm terrified of who's on the committee that's going to pick the new general manager. To be honest with you, but I guess there's a couple more games this weekend, so there's always hope. But it's starting to diminish fast. Have a great night, yep. boys. No, that's true, Fred. Absolutely. I mean, they we keep saying, okay, if they just get this many points, just get this many, and they and they keep not getting whatever amount or whatever set of games you want to talk to. So it's uh, pretty tough for sure. Before we take more calls, and we will do that, let's go back to Pittsburgh. Here's Connor McDavid. Playing well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah we can't give that up. Um, we were playing well. You know, had a chance to maybe go up two. And so we're tied 1-1. One, one. It's, uh, it's not good. Connor, what did you see on the penalty shot? It's what I've been trying to do. Um... Um, I think he maybe knew I was going to do it, so i got to find something new. We've seen you go back the other way. Obviously, when you cut across, we immediately figured that was that maybe way you were going to try to go that, that way. I've done both, so um, goalies are smart guys. Um, they they watched before, so you know I'm sure uh, he had an idea what I was doing. Now, you played really well, just that four-minute stretch where they got the two goals. Yeah, we had a bunch of chances, too, to tie it. Um, i got to find a way to bear down on a couple. Um, you know, credit to them, they, they had that four-minute stretch where they scored two and, and held on. Did Dirk just sneak in, the, the guy who scored the second goal, came in hard? It was kind of an awkward play. The D was low, and then uh, he was coming on a change, and, you know, he was the high guy, and, and he drives out to the net, so, um, 
I'm actually not really sure whose this guy was, but um, maybe mine. Um, so something to, something to watch for, I guess. Game of inches in the third period there when he just seemed to get his toe on that. You had the one over the Yeah, um, I thought I did a good job of creating a, a chance, and um, Leon found me, and uh, I thought I made a good move and, and had it. The guy just came back last second, so uh, credit to them. What this, how upsetting is it when you play your A and E game and you lose? You played way better than you did against San Jose. Yeah, it's frustrating, obviously. Um, like you said, we played a good game. All right, that's Connor McDavid. I don't think he was responsible for the music at the beginning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the penalty shot, I mean, yeah, he's done that move before. And this has been no means, I mean, he can do whatever he wants on a penalty mm. shot. And and if it's four inches higher, he probably scores. Yeah. I mean, I don't think and, he, and Murray took away as much as he could. I mean, I thought both guys made a good play. I mean, I, I don't think he hit the exact spot he wanted. I, I'm I'm never going to give advice to Connor McDavid on how to score. He's as good as there is in the National Hockey League. Uh, he he had his move that he wanted to do, and uh, the goaltender read it. And sometimes that happens. So it was a, to me commend Matt Murray on on a great save in a big moment at an important part of a hockey game. He stopped the the best breakaway player in the National Hockey League and gave his team uh, a one goal lead going into the third. All right, we have Mark on line one. Good evening, Mark. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good. Um, I really think that it was great that when when they had Hitcher's interview, how he first of all spoke that everybody did what they wanted, and it shows that uh, he is supporting those guys because we had a little bit of a rough look when he said that nobody wanted more than the coaches. Yep. And also, I like for he took it on and he said, you know, um, again, and even the reporter just recently with Connor was everybody was trying to see. Connor or Leon did a mistake. I like that how Hitch said, you know, I, I double shifted them basically, and maybe they were a little tired, so he took some of that weight off them himself. And I think that will go a long way in getting the room back with Hitch, I hope. Yeah, that's a fair comment for sure, Mark. We're going to finish the play with you. We want to put your name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting, safe adrenaline pumping fun. Online, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Behind that... Angled off dry side on front, wide open. McDavid has Murray down. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna really have fun with this one, Mark. Uh, <laughs> who, who who was uh, Pittsburgh's goaltender tonight? Was it Matt Murray or Frank Peter Angelo? Uh, it was Matt Murray. Tonight. <laughs> Do you remember Frank Peter Angelo? Uh, that's a long, long time ago. Hey, 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 hey! That he played with me. Enough of that long time ago. Okay, Rob, in, in the hockey world, that's long. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. Thanks, Mark. Stay on the line so Kellen can take your info, okay? Thank you. Have a great night, Jen. All right, that is Mark at 780-496-0063. Penguins knock off the Oilers 3-1 tonight in Pittsburgh. We have Phil on line two. Hey, Phil, thanks for calling. Read, Rob, listeners in Chedland. I didn't have the pleasure of listening to Jack Michaels today. I watched on TV. And uh, you know what? I called him last game too, and I gave credit where uh, where I thought was due. And yet again, I mean, they were down one goal, so they had not much choice. But they played a full sixty minutes this 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 game again. Like I say, I'm not here to dump on anybody. Um, Connor kind of didn't have his man on that short-handed goal, but uh, I mean, we all make mistakes, right? Um, our defense, we have now with Secura coming back, we will have five top 
always on another comment in the meantime. Um, what are we going to do with Secker when he comes up? Are we going to bring a young guy with him, or are we going to put him on the uh, third line, or are we going to split up Larson and... and uh, oh, for a and, pairing? Yeah, my, my guess is he would play with Benning. He'll be in the third pairing playing with Benning. And they to might... start off with anyways, right? Yeah, yeah and, and, and they might wind up... Well, they could send Gravel back, though I, I don't mind Gravel as a 7-8 type guy. I mean, they Phil, they might wind up waving one or both of Manning and Petrovich and seeing if they can get them down to Baco. That's, that's kind of where I'm going here. Yeah. Um, and the next next direction that I'm going to go is, is trades, okay? Yep. So we're going to have five top four defensemen, which we're going to keep. And uh, we've got three or four number six seven defensemen, which we can try and pawn off, okay? Now, it's been almost, well, it's been a good three weeks since uh, Nicholson fired Shirelli. When Shirelli fired McClellan, he had a replacement there that day. Yep. Mm -hmm. When Nicholson fired Shirelli, okay, him and uh, Keith Gretzky took on the role. That's been three weeks ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. They have they have done absolutely nothing. Okay. In that three week period of time. So what was the big hurry in in firing Shirelli if you're going to keep the team that he put together? Well, for one, yeah, good question. They didn't want him to they, touch the team. Yeah, anymore. they didn't want him to make any more mistakes. Simple as that. Well, okay, fair enough. Now you said you you you, you fell right into where I was going. They didn't want him to make any more mistakes. Mm-hmm. But they have done nothing. Okay? But what what, what, now, now, what are, what are they going to do, though? What are they going to do? Okay, I'll get to that. Okay. You can't do nothing wrong if you don't do not, anything, right? Yep. But to do nothing is wrong, okay? Now, we got what What can we trade away? Okay, we can trade away Talbot. We can trade away Pugliarvi. We can trade okay, you're away... Not tra- they're not going to trade Pugliarvi right now. They're not trading. They're not making a big move before hiring a new GM. It's not going to happen. Well, um... The trade deadline is coming up. But what? Okay, you. you but what do you? But what do you want to do on the trade deadline? You think this Oiler team with one player or two players is a Stanley Cup contending team? Well, you know what I was hoping. What I was always honestly hoping is that wait, maybe. I mean, we signed Koskinen, and he is our man for the next three years. Yeah, carved in stone. We can't change that, right? Yep, correct. <clears throat> so, I mean, Talbot. I was hoping for a trade with Philly for Simmons, Talbot for Simmons. No, Talbot for Simmons. Are you kidding? That's not even no. close. Sim, you know what Simmons is going to garner? There's going to be big, big trade. Um, uh, there's going to be a lot of things offered for Simmons. Talbot, Talbot will be. Well, the Oilers will get a fourth round pick for Talbot, maybe. Simmons, they're going to be looking. They're going to be looking for a first. They're going to be looking for a first rounder for Simmons and pro- maybe more. So, so our hands are tied. We're we're here with the team that Shirelli put together for the rest of the season. Basically. There, there might be a yeah, small. There might be not. something small at the deadline, but no, they're not. Yeah, they I will think, not make anything big without a new GM. Yeah, I think I think probably Phil. I, I don't know if there's going to be a big make a splash trade. They, I mean, they said they didn't want to trade any prospects or high draft picks. So you know, a first rounder. And then, like Rob and I were talking about earlier, the players that they would make available, I don't know if they would get a bunch back for. You know, if you trade Chase on to a contending team, if you trade Talbot. To, I mean, I know the on uh, Sportsnet today they were talking about Talbot for Elliott for Philadelphia. Those uh, are those are probably the types of trades that we're looking at, Phil. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. You know, that, that amounts to a, a, a Strom for Spooner's trade. Yeah, I, well, yep. I know. That's, no, no, actually, no, 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 no. That's, that's worse. 
Uh, okay. Well, well it is because he's a free agent in the summer. I right? mean, like yeah. Just, so the Strom for Spooners, the Oilers are stuck with him for another year, and he's in the minors right now. Strom's playing in the NHL. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know, Phil. May, may, I mean, look. Obviously, we're never going to rule it out. I just, if we take at face value what they've said, then I don't know who of. I don't know who of significance they would move to get someone of significance back. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, we've, we've got. I mean, we've got. We've got our goaltenders. I mean, Koskinen's here. Talbot yeah. is, is is tradable, right? Yeah, and then but the um, thing is, you're not going to get much for Talbot. Yeah, and we're not going to get much for the three number seven defensemen that we nope. have. No, nope. we've got we've got uh, we've got a, a good defense core building. Okay, we 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 hope we hope. Are you talking about in the minors? Well, including the, the top five, that, the the top four, five guys that we have. Yeah. Plus, plus what's coming up in the minors. I mean, we we got Ethan Bear coming up. We got Jones could 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 fit fit in. Uh, we got Bouchard coming up. Uh, this is all for next year, right? Or or, or, that, longer, or years. Longer, they, yeah. I don't. You're not. They're all not going to be here next year. No. But there's well, potential for sure. The, the, the potential of a good defense is there. Koskinen is a good goaltender. I'd say that he's, uh, from his track record, he's far more consistent than Talbot, even though he played in the KHL as compared to the NHL. I, I disagree on you on that one. We have, you have the right to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, what do you, I don't know how you're, you're rating him. He's only played well, 40 okay, games I'm, in the I'm NHL. Looking at, I'm, look, I'm looking at Talbot from his entry to the NHL. He got... Uh, brought in by the Rangers, undrafted. Mm-hmm. Yep, He's, he was a bench warmer behind the King. Yeah, but he was still playing. He was still in the NHL. Koskinen wasn't. Yeah, well, I mean, let me finish. Okay, he, he was a, he was a bench warmer behind the King. Okay, so he was a bench warmer and came in and he, played he, great when he okay, was. Okay, let's Phil, let Phil wrap it up here, Rob. He, he came here. He had one good year, and that was the year when the Oilers played above expectation and above their ability, shall we say? Okay, the entire league was kind of in awe of Connor McDavid at that time. Uh, yes, uh, Talbot was up for Vezina. Mm-hmm. Um, McClellan was up for Coach of the Year, and Shirley was up for GM of the Year at, mm-hmm. at, at that same year, right? Yep. Now, so so Talbot's record shows that he has had one good year in the NHL when the entire team in front of him paid, played above it. I disagree with you. The, the, Talbot was the most important player on that team that year. No one even close. I think, I think Connor McDavid nope. was. But Cam Talbot was. Connor McDavid was even better the next year, and the others came in dead last, or went at the bottom when Cam Talbot struggled. You, you have the right to be wrong, Phil, right? no? Phil, we mm-hmm. we got we to gotta break. I know you call all the time, so I do appreciate it. We'll pick this up okay, for, uh, probably on the weekend, okay? Yep. Koskinen in the KHL was very consistent, even though it was a different league. It's KHL. It was consistent. It's the KHL, KHL, though. All right. Thanks, Phil. You bet. All right, we'll take a quick timeout, and we'll come back with John. Oilers lose 3-1 to the Penguins. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Oilers lose 3-1 to the Penguins. Oil Kings lose 5-2 in Brandon. Bakersfield Condors 40 seconds away from their 13th consecutive win. If they can hang on, they lead Stockton 2-1. Last call of the night goes to John. Go ahead, John. Hey, guys. Um, I just want to say that um, uh, if, if Peter Shirelli was still here, you know, the way things were going for him, he probably would uh, kill Yakupov out of the KHL or something like that, right? But uh, <laughs> uh, Rob, you're right. Like, Koskinen, like, he kind of reminds me of, like, Anders Nielsen 2.0 or something like that, right? He is 
Like, I mean, if you're if you're hanging your hat on that guy, man, like you're in trouble. But well, that, that's the, the that's both, the fear. You're absolutely right. That's the fear. Yeah. The question I have for both you guys is about Evan Bouchard. Like, when you talk to scouts, like, who do they compare him to? Do they say he's going to be like a like a Mark Giordano? Is he going to be like an Alex Hedler sort of a player? Like, um, who would you guys compare him to? Um, that's a, a current player in the NHL. How about, hang up. Listen, how about thanks. this for you, John? Justin Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, no, I, I, don't, I, I don't. I haven't seen enough of him. I don't think anywhere close to a Mark Giordano. I, I don't think he has the well, the, like the nastiness. Guys, he has yeah. to work on. He has to work on playing his own end. Yeah. without the puck. But I mean, with the puck, he's already we saw he's very good. He's very good with the puck. He's going to have to work on uh, foot speed. He's going to have to work on becoming better defensively, and all defensemen do. I don't see a Giordano in him just because Giordano's a nasty, tough player, and and Bouchard is. He, maybe Bouchard has a higher upside offensively, mm-hmm. but he's not going to be the uh, the shutdown guy that Giordano is. Um, I don't. I don't think it's a lock. Bouchard's on the Oilers roster. I agree. All of next year. I absolutely agree with yeah. you. I think he still has things to learn. I, I, I think that we saw in the World Juniors, there's still some warts in his game, where, which there should be. I mean, he's he's not all world yet. Hopefully, he'll figure it out. And the Oilers are desperate for a guy that can pee on a power play and run a power play as a right-hander. All right, Oilers fall 3-1 in Pittsburgh. You can get more on 630Ched.com. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Our next broadcast is Friday. Oilers at Carolina, 4 o'clock face-off show, game at 5.30. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. 